Welcome to The Working Therapist with Hayden Bolick, a podcast designed to help you grow more, do more, and be more as a therapist. The Working Therapist is an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. We're glad you've joined us for today's podcast. So here's your host, Hayden Bolick. Thanks for joining Kirstie and I on today's podcast. As maybe you know or maybe you don't know, Kirstie, you definitely know, my husband's a criminal defense attorney and he works with people who have sometimes minor infractions and sometimes major infractions and just, you know, just sometimes people who made some bad choices and they need a new situation, right? So once there was a fellow who he had worked with regularly and he didn't have major stuff that he did, you know, just he had some minor infractions, but he kept sort of repeating these minor infractions over and over and over again. And so my husband was telling me, he didn't tell me the the person's name or any of the stuff, you know, of course, but that's just, like HIPAA in the attorney world, but in the attorney world, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Whatever his word. So finally, I think David was like, look, he sort of just had what I call a come to Jesus meeting. David said he was a really nice guy, had a good head on his shoulder, generally speaking, but just kept making the same mistakes over and over again. So David finally looked at him one day. He goes, look, guy, look, this is a situation and this is a situation and this is a situation. And, you know, here's the pattern and you keep falling right back into this pattern. He goes, you just need a new situation. And the guy, the guy looked at David and he goes, David said it's almost like the look on his face was like, ha ha, like a light bulb went off. And he was like, yeah, I need a new situation, a new situation. And he kept saying it over and over again. I just need a new situation. And so, <laughs> so you know, there are times in my life when I'm, things are happening and I'm thinking, I just need a new situation. Isn't there a time in your life when you're like, look, you need a new situation, meaning like, you know, I don't like this brand of peanut butter anymore. I need a new situation. <laughs> I need to switch from Jif to Peter Pan or vice versa. Or you know what? These tennis shoes are losing all their tread. I need a new Start situation. Over. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't like this exercise plan anymore. I need a new situation. Right? Yep. Yep. So sometimes as therapist in therapy, that phrase will pop in my head, which is what we're going to talk about today. Like when you're not addressing all the goals in therapy consistently, week after week after week after week. So if you're not, that's a problem and you need a new situation, meaning like something that needs to happen because you should be able to address all the goals every session, except for on occasion, you might not, but generally speaking, right? At PDT, we do a lot of self audits on our yep. own chart. So we standard look at daily notes procedure. Yep, as part of our standard what routine practice. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you find that there's five goals and consistently only two are documented on. So right. why? There you go. See, just cut through the muck. Thank you. I appreciate it. I was all stuck in my situation. Oh, mess and you're a muck cutter. <laughs> and, uh, I was over here all up in the weeds. Exactly. I got a new situation. <laughs> so, but yes, if you're not able to consistently address all the goals in a therapy session, then you want to ask yourself why. And there's only six answers to the why question. And if you work with Hayden and I, we're always like, why? Why are you doing that? What are you doing? What are we, you doing that for? Why? Yes. We are why connoisseurs. <laughs> Our but, job is to make people think. Yeah, yeah. Challenge I, people. Yeah, yeah. We like to be challenged, and yep. so I don't mind in a very helpful, positive, upbeat, let's grow kind of way. It's to the root of what? Yeah, but there are only six reasons, and here they are. Kirsten, I'm going to go through them today. All right, ready? Number one, if you aren't addressing all the goals in a therapy session, number one, the child's met some of the goals, and they need to be discharged, and you need a new situation. Like a new goal plan. They met most of the goals, so it's time to reavow and get some new goals, right? And Mm -hmm. so sometimes, especially when we're working with new therapists, they're like, well, the authorization goes for four more months. 
So I have four more months that I have to keep working on these five goals that we already met. Right. So now what? <laughs> right. So that's where I have to remember David Shapiro, who was my professor way, way back in the day at Western Carolina. And he said to me, don't forget, Hayden, you have a brain. Yeah. So in that situation, the insurance company isn't in charge. You are. You're the therapist. You write the plan. You drive the train. You decide, are they getting in therapy or not getting in therapy? And if they are, what do I want to do? How am I going to help them get so they don't need me anymore, right? And so that means the insurance company doesn't get to dictate to you when it is that you change the goal plan, as long as you have rationale and reason. If you're not able to meet most of the goals, I mean, target most of the goals because they've met them, you need new goals. So then if they've met all the goals, you have to decide, do we still need services because there are still things developmentally that need to be worked on or addressed, or is it time to discharge from therapy? So a decision has to be made, and before you can make the decision, you have to do an evaluation, and you have to make a decision. So an evaluation needs to be done, either clinical or standard, but something's got to be done so you can answer your question. Make a new goal plan, which is either new goals or discharge. You got it. Yep. So that's the f- number one. The second thing is the goals are inappropriate and they need to be discontinued and new goals added. So we've all done it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've done it. I've done it. We've all made bad goals. Yeah. Sometimes there's different SLP assistants that have worked with me through the years and they still work here. And we you know after you've worked together for a certain amount of time, a long time, then you get you know, pretty comfortable with one another. And uh, there's one time specifically I can remember. And I mean, Lori said to me, she goes, hey, these are just stupid goals. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and she goes, yeah, these, these are not really great goals. And, and I looked at them and I was like, you know what? Yeah, they are really not good goals. But as for a therapist, you go in, you have motor therapist, 45 minutes, speech therapist, an hour to, in that snippet of time, get as much info as you can to gain authorization to create a goal plan for about six months, generally speaking, depending on the insurance. And you're taking a best educated guess of where you think that child is going to get to in a six-month period. And sometimes we miss the mark. Yeah. And sometimes you overshoot it or you need to target in a different way. So sometimes you write goals that are a little bit too lofty. Maybe you didn't miss the mark too much, but you just wrote a goal that's too advanced. So you just need to back it up a couple steps or goal that was too easy. Or maybe you just are in left field. God bless you. You're in Egypt and you just got to get back on the right continent. And we've all been there. We've all been there and done that. So it's not written in blood. You can change it. It's kind of the beautiful thing about what we do. Oops. Erased. Yeah. So, I mean, I know, for example, if you're in the school system, it's a lot harder. You have to have an IEP meeting and all that stuff. But usually those goals tend to be pretty broad and forgiving anyway. But in private practice, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, my gosh, you may think, hey, it's written in stone or written in blood. You can never change it. But you can, which is one of the really nice things about private practice, mm-hmm. because you can change it. You just have to have reason and justification for why and document appropriately. And then you can change the goals. And there's nothing wrong with saying discontinue goal at this time to address, you know, in a different way and explain the way or whatever. So then it helps you to refocus your plan and decide where you're going. You know, you just maybe we're going left. You just need to turn a little bit right. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's number two. Okay, number three, you might be addressing all the goals, but you're not documenting appropriately. So this happened a couple weeks ago. I was working with a therapist and this child had, I think she had like a goal to use like multiple word phrases, actually sentences, moving like three plus word sentences. So just expanding her MLU and the sentences had to have like a verb, a noun, descriptive, you know, sort of expanding her use of verbs and nouns and descriptives and expanding that knowledge. Also asking questions and answering questions and getting kids to ask a question at therapy session. That's really hard to how to naturally sort of figure that out because it feels sort of forced. She had those three goals and then she 
also had, I think she had like a just staying on task and being able to follow the tasks all the way through or following multiple step directions in the context of play. I think something like that was in there anyway. So all of those were good goals, right? They were all really good goals. And the therapist, because I did the whole entire session with her and I went back and like looked at the daily note afterwards and I only like one of those goals had been addressed. And I was like, wait a minute, I was there for the whole time and I didn't fall asleep like not once, you know? I mean, <laughs> like none. I was awake the whole session. I was right in the thick of it. And we played this like go fish game. And when she did, she targeted all the goals. But I think sometimes just you get so maybe focused or hyper-focused on, like in this situation, it was the three plus word sentences using nouns, verbs, and descriptives that she just wasn't thinking kind of broadly enough that she really did all those goals with one activity for the whole 30 minutes. And it was really a fabulous activity. It was like go fish with our go fish cards that we really love here. Anyway, another podcast, another day, maybe another YouTube video, right? But anyway, we targeted the whole thing and all that. So I think it's just, she just wasn't thinking, when I pointed it out to her, she was like, oh yeah, we did do that. And oh yeah, we did do that. And you're right, we did do that. So it's just more realizing and documenting appropriately. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had that type of situation or run across that? Yeah, I think just like what you're saying, sometimes you do activities and you don't realize that you've slid in something else because, you know, we're working on going up and down the stairs, but they had to squat and retrieve at the top of the stairs. But you're like, well, we're doing stairs. Right. So I think sometimes it does happen where you incorporate more things than you really think you are. Mm -hmm. And we've said it a lot of times before, you know, a good therapy session looks effortless. The child's having fun. You're targeting all of the goals in the course of your therapy session. It's all therapeutic, but it's very strategic on the part of the therapist, very purposeful, but it's child-directed and driven, but yet the whole thing is therapeutic. So the therapist is in charge of the session because you're getting a certain therapy goals achieved and targeted the way that you want it done. And the whole session is very therapeutic and good use of time. But the child feels like, oh gosh, we're just playing and having a good time here, you know? And that's really what happened in the session I was saying, but really the whole thing was very therapeutic, but you've got to think sometimes a little bit broader than just, oh, okay, we're doing stairs right now. And oh, now we're doing kneel to stand or whatever it was you just said. You can do multiple things in one you just have to think a little broader as a therapist. Mm-hmm. And that just takes practice, right? Yeah. Exposure, seeing a lot of kids. <laughs> and creativity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, trying to do a lot of different things. And really those answers, in my opinion, are not on Google. Um, no. You can't Google it or Pinterest it. You know, no offense to Google or Pinterest, but they're not there. They don't put a therapy program together specific to a child, like a whole session. They give you activities and intervention ideas, but not specific to every child on our caseload. And I don't know about their... People are listening practice, but our children are so very different. So to be a good therapist and really individualize a program for each child to meet their needs, it's not going to look the same. No, no. I mean, you can get the idea or the thing, like you said, from Google or Pinterest or whatever, but then how to apply it to that specific child and then target the goals. You won't have to tweak it and modify it for every little person. You have to. Yeah. And that just comes and you get better at it with just practice Mm -hmm. and doing it over and over and over again and be okay to say, what could I have done differently? What could I have done better? How could I have done it differently if I needed to? Yep. Yep, That's number three. You targeted all the goals, but you just didn't document on all of them because maybe you didn't even realize it. All right. Number four. Number four, I was saying is kind of a time management, but it sort of ties into some, a little bit of what we've talked about already, meaning that all the goals really aren't maybe what the child really needs to work on. So the second thing we talked about was maybe all the goals are appropriate. You can discontinue them. That was number two. But this number four is you miss the mark a little bit. So it kind of ties into the discontinuing mark, but really in number four, it's more about 
you know, a lot of the little people we see, just there's so many things you can work on and you could pick so many different things, but you always have to think, what's the main thing? How can I make the biggest difference in this kid's life? We talk about when we're doing evaluations, like the three most important things. Right. Just like, what are the three major issues mm-hmm. that need to be addressed before you can get to the next level? Because if you don't, just in talking from a speech standpoint, if you don't have reciprocal play and the child doesn't even know you're in the room, how are they going to talk to you? Um, yeah, they don't care. They don't They're not going to request anything from you because they don't, they don't really need interact. You and they don't really want to need you. Right. <laughs> so if you're making goals that they'll use words, they are you going to get there? Yeah, no. We talked about this. That happened in a session not too long ago either where we were interacting with this little girl and the goals are that she's going to use, I think she'll identify objects and pictures. I think another goal, which she needs to do. I'm not saying it's not a good goal. She needs to do it. I think another goal is that she will use maybe two word phrases, which is a good thing also that she needs to do. I'm not saying she doesn't need to do that too, but she... Basically, if you get more than maybe a foot from her, you basically fall off the face of the earth. What's in her immediate sphere, which is really just if I take my arms and put them in a big circle in front of me, basically that's the size of her room, like a two foot by a two foot circle kind of thing. Like, so my whole therapy session happened with like her and me, like so close and real physical and right together, that kind of thing. Otherwise, if I got further away from her, I dropped off the face of the earth. So really, like you say about that reciprocal play or just engaging with somebody else in play or being able to start an activity or start engaged like in that circle of communication that we've talked about so many times at Stanley Greenspan, just being able to open the circle and participate in activity and then close that circle of communication. She needs to do all of that before she can get to identifying objects and pictures and following a single step direction. Literally, if I get a moving away from her, she thinks I fall off the face of the earth. So that being said, in that situation, yes, there's a lot of things that that little girl can work on, but what is the main area of need? And if my goals aren't addressing the main area of need, then I may stop documenting all the goals because the problem is the fact that they're not addressing the main area of need. And so as a result, I'm not addressing all the goals, but really what should happen is new goal plan needs to be written. Because you can't get to the goal. You can't work on and address that goal because the underlying impairment's really not being addressed. Right. So you're doing things in the session to help the child get to that goal, but you need to address the things you're doing in the session because that's really the area of need. Right. So in that situation, change the goals. And I called it time management because you're spending your time doing things that need to be done, but really it's not as much a time management problem. It's a rewriting the goals for better use of therapeutic time. But the fifth reason is time management. So time management of the session. So the fifth reason that goals aren't being targeted is because during the treatment session, maybe you're not spending as much time on something therapeutic and maybe you're spending too much time on the therapeutic breaks. So like, for example, for a speech therapist doing our tick therapy, you know, you may do five words and then you play a game. Well, sometimes if you spend too long on playing the game and not enough on the Arctic part of the therapy, because the game is just a therapeutic break. And we've talked about this in other podcasts before. The game is just a therapeutic break. It just keeps them fun, keeps the child engaged. The therapeutic part of it is the Arctic therapy and what you're doing to help them get the sounds correct. But if you're spending too much time in the game, then you're just playing in therapy and you're not doing anything therapeutic. And then you don't address all the goals. So that is a time management issue. And same goes for motor therapy because kids need sometimes that break away from whatever the directive is that you're working on. They might need a minute to like jump in the foam pit, you know, just a break. But sometimes the child 
is difficult to bring back. So you really have to look at it from a therapeutic standpoint of how can I get what I need in conjunction with kind of weaving back into now what they're leading with. So that goes along with what you're saying as far as the therapeutic break, kind of shortening those breaks and making them shorter adding in more therapy. Sometime in this situation, this is where I get into conversations with therapists about behavior and behavior management. Actually, for the thing I talked about before. I just did it this morning. (laughs) And this one. Yeah. So give me an example. So for example, this morning, PT session, the child is difficult to engage and maintain attention during the session. And she frequently likes to run and leave what's happening. So I'm like, let her go. Let her go. Mm. because she needs that break. And now our job as a therapist is to kind of weave back in, but she does need to take a minute. She's had very directed tasks being asked of her. Let her go for a minute. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, now what do we need to address? We need to wiggle that back in to the therapy session into what she's already doing. Right. And kind of piece it in there as she goes, because then it's her idea. She's leading. She thinks she's in charge. Yeah. (laughs) And then in that particular example, they can't get her out of therapy back into the waiting room. She's going to fall out on the ground. She's not going anywhere. She loved that Lycra swing. So I'm like, well, keep that swing on the ground, let her in, and then pull her to the waiting room. You can cover her up so she can't see where she's going, but then you don't have to deal with the fallout at the stickers and suckers as we get out the door. Mm -hmm. But she's going to wake up in the waiting room and be like, we're done. Like, look, how do we get here? Time to go. That's right. Um, (laughs) No, that's a good example. It's a really good example. Yeah. Sometimes you guys got to let them go and you can get them back on task. But if you're, um, but if you are spending so long trying to get them back on task, it's like what you said. Well, and you're in battle of wills. Like you're not getting anything anyway. You're, you're not winning. No, you're not going to (laughs) win. You don't need to win. No. Yeah. New situation. See, the child is a new situation. I need a new situation. And you learn a lot in that whole like abort new situation process. If you let them go, then you're like, oh, they want to go over here. And sometimes you find out, oh, that's not half bad. Okay, actually, that's pretty good. Let's do that. I think of the Incredibles, you know, when they're in that movie and she's like, abort, abort. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that's it. And then sometimes I walk or I'll be in therapy sessions with different people and I'll say, so what are we working on right here right now? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, they're doing such and such. I'm like, well, let's do that. You got to always think about what you're working on. What are you mm-hmm. working on? What are you working on? So you don't want to let that go either because you've got to have a, what's the purpose here? What is happening right now? What do I need to do? So it's really what I call time management of the session. I don't know if that's the best name for it, but anyway, time management and making sure you know what you're working on in therapy session. Why are you doing what you're doing? And you always have to be aware of your time. Not to go back to billing, but we bill in units and we have to be conscientious of where we're at in the session because we're back to back. We got somebody coming in right behind. So yeah. we need to be very useful mm-hmm. of yeah. the time that we have. Yeah. We only have a little bit of time with these people. And so we need <sighs> to make the most of it because we're driving the train. We're setting the plan. We're driving the train. We're doing stuff. And then we give the parents carryover for them to do more things and practice at home. And then they come back next week and do it again. Yep. Then that's how you get better. And that's how you don't need me anymore. That's how the kids don't need to keep coming back, which is the ultimate goal. I don't want them to continue to need me, you know? And with experience and then learning what materials you have to work with, eventually you start to develop ideas and interventions where you're picking an activity where you can address multiple things and it does come more naturally. One of the things I saw not too long ago was, you know, the child is at a table and he's coloring and coloring and coloring, but there's an artic thing that should be happening or a speech thing, or actually in this situation with him coloring, there was, we're needing to 
expand sentences again and use more words and specific sentences. And so if you're just kind of giving the child sort of a free play of coloring, and then you're trying to get the sentences in, like he has to have a communicative purpose. If you're just coloring a picture, you don't need to ask for anything. And he had all the markers, so he didn't really need to ask for anything, you know? So you've got to constantly be thinking, what are you doing and why are you doing it? So if you're working on an activity like playing in the kinetic sand for speech, which is fine, they can certainly do that. But is there any purpose in requesting? And so if one of your goals is to request or use nouns and verbs or to engage in that, then how are they going to ask for anything? Or if there's no need to communicate wants or needs, then don't do that activity because they're not going to need to ask for anything. They're just happy playing in the sand. So there's like a quiet activity for them. Well, you don't need them to be quiet right? You know, so you got to get them to request. Your speech, you need them to talk. Yes, yeah, so we need them to talk. And then sometimes one of the goals I sometimes will see, well, oh, we're trying to engage in a, a non-preferred activity, but I'm thinking, why would anybody ever request to engage in a non-preferred activity? You know, I mean... I mean, there's stuff you and I have to do every day that we don't want to do. And I never but asked like, to do that We're not going to choose no, and be no. like, oh, sign me up. <laughs> like, yeah, please let me fill out that form. That'd be awesome. But um, I would love that. That's really what I've been waiting all day long to get to do. Yay. <laughs> so sometimes I see that in this goal as well, like engage in non-preferred. And then they're like, well, there's just so many behaviors. I don't know why he didn't want to do it. I'm like, well, he's communicating to you that he doesn't want to do this. So... He's saying bye and, or whatever he's doing. So let's put it away and do something else. So, you know, you got to look at the, the thing, engage in a non-preferred activity. And then sometimes that's really the only goal I see addressed. And I'm thinking, well, just why do we even have that goal? Why don't just engage in activities? You know, he's going to have the rest of his life to engage in non-preferred activities. He's four. <laughs> Most four-year-olds don't engage in non-preferred activities besides like brushing their teeth and putting their shoes on when they don't want to and, you know, taking a shower. But really, what else does four-year-olds do that they don't want to do? I think it's our <laughs> job as therapists to really make the non-preferred activities fun. Sure. Yeah. You got to eat like one thing of broccoli. That's a non-preferred activity. But, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to think of like things that four-year-olds don't like to do. Really? Because when I was getting my kids to eat broccoli, they were trees and you're the monkey and you're going to swing from the trees and eat the broccoli. There fun you go. Fun non-preferred. That was a fun non-preferred. <laughs> there you go. I like it. But I think you got to really think about your time management and your purpose. And it goes back to why are you doing what you're doing? Why, 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 why? You got to look in the mirror sometimes and ask yourself why. And then reason number six is this. You've got goals on there. They're good goals. You don't know how to work on the goal. And so sometimes I see where goals are not addressed because you're just not sure what to do. And in that situation, my best advice is to phone a friend, like ask somebody, hey. Maybe you didn't write the goal. Right. And like, how do I do this? There's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with asking how or why mm -hmm. and what do I do? Yeah, that's good. Ask. How do I do this? And I bet you money somebody around you will answer you and tell you. So I don't know how to do this. Ask, ask, ask. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anybody that you work with that's worth their salt will not think that you don't know what you're doing just because you asked that question. If people think you don't know what you're doing because you're asking that question, then it's their problem, not yours. Maybe they wrote a bad goal. <laughs> yeah, maybe they're the ones who wrote the goal. Exactly. This is one of the biggest things for me that I tell people all the time. I mean, I would much prefer somebody to ask if they don't know how to do it than just to decide to try to make it up or pretend like they know how to do it or whatever. Please, I always say, ask, ask, ask. Then at least I know where they are. I know how to best help them, you know, and I can get them the help they need. It's really important. Mm -hmm. um, I agree. I mean, we're doing that all day long is answering questions. Yeah. And I really want people to ask because then as an employee, it tells the person who's in charge, hey, this is what I know and what I don't know, but I'm coming to you to ask to get you to help me kind of thing. And then it allows the person who maybe does know the answer to help you and then it helps establish a good relationship. So I think ask, 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 ask. It's so important. So important. 
Okay, basically that's it. Otherwise, you're addressing all the goals. Those are the only reasons. So those are it. Those are it. One through six, those are why. If you're not addressing all the goals in the session, I bet you money it's one of those. So if you find yourself session after session not addressing all the goals, ask yourself why. And it's going to be one of these six answers. And then create a new situation for yourself because that child and you need a new situation. And no insurance company wants to see goal not addressed, goal not addressed, goal not addressed. They're like, well, why is it on the plan then? What are we paying for? Yeah, I'm not doing that. Mm -mm. Then they won't do it for long. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And no parents really wants to see where you've written four goals or five goals and three of the five are never being addressed either. No, parents want to see their children meeting goals and Mm -hmm. making gains and making progress. So what happens when that updated plan of care comes and you have to tell the parent, we haven't met anything. Uh That's not a good time. That's not a good conversation. Mm -mm. So you need a new situation. (laughs) (laughs) Once you kind of get that in your brain, it really rings true for a while. I'm going to tell you, there's all kinds of times in your life when you're like, yep, new situation. When you're Let's not, just hope it's not criminal. That's right. No, no. <laughs> like, try not to make it one of those. All right. Anyway, thank you for listening. And check out some other podcasts on The Working Therapist. We've got a lot of them, theworkingtherapist.com. And you can also check it out on pediatricdt.com, our website with pediatric developmental therapy. There's a link to connect you on over and all kinds of good stuff there. So check those out. And thanks, Kirsty, for helping me explain all this good stuff. And we'll catch you next time on another episode of The Working Therapist. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Working Therapist, an extension of the Pediatric Developmental Therapy Network. If you would like more information regarding this podcast or would like to get in touch with us for any reason, visit us on the web at www.pediatricdt.com. That's pediatricdt.com. 